Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Crestview Baptist Church. And if anybody hasn't told you this morning, happy Father's Day. Father's Day is a very special day. I'm going to tell you how special it is. Okay, so did you know that Mother's Day is the number two celebrated holiday in the United States? Mother's Day is, okay? Christmas and then Mother's Day. Father's Day is number 20. I was just trying to think up 17 other holidays. Can any? I don't know if I can. But anyway, we dads are appreciated this morning, and we are glad that you came out uh, to worship with us. Uh, welcome to Crestview Baptist Church. If you're a guest with us for the first time, or if you haven't filled out a visitor slip and you've been here at some point in time, um, there are visitor slips in front of you, and uh, if you'd fill one of those out, that's just um, get a little more information about you. Welcome at home. If you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, we're glad that you tuned in with us this morning. I have quite a few announcements this morning. Um, one I'm really excited about is a Vacation Bible School starts in one week. Do you know what that means? That means I'm going to be really busy this week. Um, no, but I am excited about it. Um, Thursday night, uh, the men are having a work day. And while the men are working, anybody else who wants to come work or anybody that I can spare, anybody who wants to help with Bible school, we're going to come and we're going to start working on getting some of these Bible school decorations set up. Uh, my mom is going to set up, Vicki is going to be in crafts in the, in the fellowship hall and then some... We're going to work on getting the stuff in here ready. So all we got to do is after church Sunday, just carry some boards up and set up our backboard and, and get us ready. So if you want to help decorate for Bible school or if you want to help uh, the men on the work day come out Thursday, Whitey said they're building, a, uh, building an outhouse. I don't know if anybody's ever been to church to build an outhouse, but that's exciting. We're going, they're working on a, a bathroom area down at the creek. So uh, you come out and help for that. Um, and so Bible school is the 27th through the 30th. That starts on Sunday night, runs through Wednesday night. Uh, if you know any kids um, that are going to be in town, invite them out. Let them know that that's happening. Um, July 3rd, that Saturday breakfast is popping up again. So uh, keep that on your calendar. I know that is a holiday weekend, but we still want to be able to have our breakfast that weekend and uh, so we can keep that rolling because we had a really good turnout the past two months and uh, we just want to keep things rolling. The Sunshiners are um, going to eat breakfast on June 28th. They're going to leave the church at 9 o'clock. I'm really excited about this. Let me tell you why I'm really excited about this. Because school's out now and I don't have anything to do in the morning that I'm really tied to, so I can go hang out with the cool people and eat breakfast. I can go hang out with some people who have a little more energy than me, and I can go eat breakfast, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, we're that, oh, i got to tell you where you're going. You're going to Strawberry Hill for breakfast. That's pretty good stuff. I've never ate breakfast there. I've heard it was good. Um, don't forget our Wednesday night services this week. If you... Uh, Children and youth, 6.30, we meet out there and we have a prayer and then we split up into groups. And uh, that brings me to um, a calling that I have. If anyone is willing or would like to step up and help teach with the young people on Wednesday night, just going to throw this out there. We are, and this is, a, this is a blessing right here, we have built our elementary school up, we have, and now we're having to look at splitting up our elementary age classes on Wednesday night because we have such big numbers on Wednesday night. We're going to split the older and the younger up. Uh, so if anybody would think they'd be willing or, or maybe to do every other week and I could get a couple people to split that up, let me know or uh, come talk to one of us you see with kids and we'll get you put in the right direction. Um, I don't think there are any more announcements. Other than that, I just want to invite you to turn your hearts toward God this morning and let's leave the world behind us. I know there's a lot going on out there 
it gets crazy and our mind gets overwhelmed. But this morning, I just want to invite you to focus your hearts on God. Because that's what I'm going to try to do. You guys enjoy the service. Again, happy Father's Day, and thank you all for being here this morning. Just to uh, let you guys know that even though we're honoring fathers today, fathers, you are not the focus of this service. You are being honored today, but the focus of our service is worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're going to do today. But as we begin our time together, I need to make you aware of some, um, some prayer requests that we have. Um, we do have our prayer list out at the, the Welcome Center from this past Wednesday night. So if you want to grab that on your way out, that'll give you so, some um, information and some uh, things to pray about. But uh, I was just informed a little while ago that Peggy McCright fell this past week and is sort of bruised up, so pray for her as she recovers. Also, Rick um, Reeves um, will be having surgery for knee replacement sometime this week. He's waiting to hear when, um, but he will be having that surgery. And I know we have a couple more, Sandra and, and Nancy, that are waiting to hear from the doctors about their knees. So pray for them as well. Marty um, had a doctor's appointment for his back this past uh, Friday. Found out you had what, Marty? Or Ruth? Spinal stenosis. So pray for him as they determine what they're going to do to help him out. He's got to start therapy coming up. Um, but pray for him because he's in a, a lot of pain with his back. But... Everyone knows that Sandra is no, her life is not short on excitement or um, drama. This past Friday, um, she was on the way to her gym to, to pay her staff, and she stopped because there was a young lady on the side of the road that was covered in blood. Um, pray for this young lady. She is alive, as of right now that we know of. Um, she's in the hospital in Rutherton, Spartanburg. Her name is Aubrey Petanier. Petalier. Aubrey Petalier. She was a EMT um, here in Cleveland County and had just transferred over to Rutherford County to work with uh, um, drug rehab or something of that nature. Um, Robbie knows her. Um, just pray for her. A lot of things going on. Um, I'm going to tell you, she needs to feel the presence of God, the presence of Jesus in her life. So please pray for her. Pray for Sandra, because Sandra is still emotional over the whole ordeal. So uh, just pray for Aubrey. Also pray for our services. Pray that God's name will be glorified. And I'm going to be honest with you, I still, I shared last week that I felt somebody was going to accept Christ. I still have that feeling. There is somebody that needs to know Jesus Christ. Pray for that. That God's Spirit would move and that there would be someone that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior's lives would be changed today and through the coming weeks. Pray for Vacation Bible School. It's one of the greatest outreach that any church could do. It not only impacts the children that it attends, but it impacts whole families. So pray, for, pray as we prepare for that. Pray that these lives of these children would be changed forever because they've come face to face with the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Also, I want to mention this. Um, Chad didn't say anything about it, but yesterday the youth got together and they canvassed some neighborhoods passing out information about VK or VBS. Chad told me that they 
left information about VBS at a hundred homes yesterday. So that is a, a blessing, and that's what we need to do as a church. And we thank the youth that went and did that. Thanks, Chad, and the adults that went with them. Um, but pray for all that effort. And at this time, if you'd please, as we begin our time of worship together, if you'd join with me in prayer as, as we start. Blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you praising your name. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity through the, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross that we can enter in your presence, not as strangers, but as your children. Dear Lord, you have heard the requests that I have mentioned this morning. And we ask you to fill those with your presence. Let them fill you. Dear Lord, I ask that you let Aubrey feel your presence in a way she's never felt before so that she will know that she is not alone. Dear Lord, be with Sandra and Nancy and Rick as they're dealing with, with knee pain and, and Rick is looking at surgery this week. Dear Lord, I also pray for Janie as she's having surgery again for cataracts to repair a former surgery. Dear Lord, I ask you to be with Marty. Ease his back pain. Be with Ann and, and ease her back pain. Dear Lord, there's so many people that are dealing with things here in our church, our families that have physical needs, emotional needs, mental needs, financial needs. Dear Lord, we ask that you work in each and every one of those situations as only you can. Dear Lord, I ask that your spirit move among your people today, that you open our hearts, you open our ears, so that we may hear your word, dear Lord, but we will not just be hearers, but we will be doers. That when we leave this place, that we will leave this place as your disciples, as your witnesses to a lost and dying world. And dear Lord, I pray that whatever I say, whatever Chad says, whatever Sandra does, whatever the choir sings will be to your honor and glory. It's not about us, dear Lord but it's about what you want to do through us. May we be hidden behind the cross so that you may shine through. And dear Lord, I pray that if there is someone right now in this place or watching online that does not know you as, your personal, as their personal Savior, that they would get that right with you today. That they would understand the mercy and grace that you have shown to us. And dear Lord, may your name be praised forever and ever because you are the Alpha and Omega. You are the author of creation. And you are our Heavenly Father. And this morning we say we love you. Dear Lord, I also say thank you for the godly fathers that we have here in our congregation. We thank you for them and the examples that they set for us. And we ask that you bless us today. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Yes, we do honor our fathers today. And I found a list of the top ten reasons God has blessed us, that children think that God has blessed us with fathers. This is not in the order. Uh, a role model. Our fathers are role models. They're our friend. They're my coach. My teacher. 
my playmate. He's our plumber. He's our landscaper. He's our fixer-upper around the house. But the most important hat that any dad can wear is my father, is my spiritual advisor. It's a big role. Proven statistics. Children that ride the church bus or their parents drop them off for church, only 3% of these children grow up to be Christians. Of the children that their mothers bring them to church, mothers, thank you for that. Only 12% of these children will grow up to be Christians. But the children whose fathers are the Christian leaders and come to church with their children, a whopping 93% of their children will become Christians. So dads, thank you. Thank you. Because you're proving your love for your children when you are the spiritual leader in the home. So to honor our fathers, we would like for all of our dads to stand. And we would like to recognize you as our youth and children pass you out just a small token of our appreciation. So did all dads get a gift? All dads got a gift? Again, thank you dads for being our gift from God. I'm going to ask you all to stand, but before we sing, would you go ahead and stand please? We have a member of this church that is watching online. She watches every service online. And she prays for every member of this church. You may not know her, Marilyn Schultz, but she's praying for you if you have never met her. You may receive a card from her, but Marilyn is a big fan of not just God and Jesus and Crestview Baptist Church, but of every member for her. So Marilyn misses you guys. Oh, how she misses you. So let's, since she's watching, let's all wave and give a big hello to Marilyn Schaus. <laughs> we love you, Marilyn. <laughs> now let's begin our worship service by turning our hymnals to page 290, and let's sing the first and the last verses of I Am Thine, O Lord, 290.
kids to come forward this morning come down here to me this morning hey you gonna come no okay um you guys have a seat right here have a seat in front of me all right i hope everybody's having a good week and today is a very special day for our fathers so i wanted to talk to you guys today and i want to talk to the dads and I want to focus on God all at the same time this morning. Well, Father's Day is a special day, but it's a little different because um, so I found this thing, I found this meme, and it says that Mother's Day, they have a sermon that says, you are so loved and appreciated. Do you know what the Father's Day sermon is called? All right, everybody, shape up. And you know what? But you know why that is? Because Miss Sandra said it a while ago. Because it is, a, it is your dad's. It is the, our responsibility as a father to be the spiritual leader in the household. I said a couple weeks ago when we did graduation that I was working, working on a book called Kingdom Man. And it talked about how important your role as a dad is. And one thing it said that if, if your kids or your wife are having to remind you before you eat, or having to remind you at night, hey, can we pray before we go to bed? Or can we pray before we eat? Or, hey, are we going to church tomorrow? Then we're not doing our jobs as dads. And I'm not going to point, or I, I would never talk to somebody about something I couldn't talk to myself about. Because I know as a dad, I fall short. But guess who doesn't fall short? God doesn't fall short. As, as as much as your as good as great as your dads are, they are going to make mistakes and mess up sometimes. Sometimes we lose our temper. I know I lose my patience a lot with my kids. Sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes we're just tired and we don't feel like doing things that we should do. And sometimes we just want to be left alone and we think, you know what? I just want to be left alone right now. But the good thing is that our Father in heaven, He's perfect. He doesn't make those mistakes that we make as dads. He doesn't fall short in the times that I know that I fall short. He's always there. He's always got time for me. Even if everybody in the world has been bringing all their problems to Him like they do every day, He's still got time to listen to my problems. Even if He's... No matter what's been going on, he's there and he's got the energy and the time through the Holy Spirit to deal with me. Isn't that awesome that we have a Father in Heaven who's like that? And I wanted to share a verse uh, this morning uh, about fathers. And uh, I don't know if Nick's, Nick's watching at home or not, but as I wanted to pick on Nick this morning about this verse. This verse comes from Psalms chapter 127, verses 3 through 5 and it says behold children are a heritage from the Lord the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior so you so the children are ones of youth this is what I want to pick on Nick about happy is a man who has a quiver full of them but shall speak they shall not be ashamed but shall speak with their enemies at the gate and I really don't want to pick on Nick, but I know, but like Nick, I, I know like he does, he has seven kids. He has the Barcher kids and he is such an awesome dad and they know Mr. Nick. And so, but no matter if you're a dad and you have one kid or you have seven kids or nine kids, you take those and you prepare those like arrows because warriors take arrows into battle. And we send our kids out into the world ready to proclaim the gospel and tell other people about Jesus. And that's what it means talking about our kids being like arrows. But I want to pray and I want to remind you to thank your dads today and also thank God for being your heavenly father. 
But after we pray, we're going to line up at the back door right there. Miss Laura's going to go out with us. And we're going to work on something special for our dads, okay? Let's bow our heads. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the love that you give us. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father that is always there and always has that perfect grace for us. Thank you for our fathers here on earth. And we're just so grateful for them. Even when, like I said, Lord, they fall short. Because I know I do. Lord, help me to be a better father and a better leader every day. And I just pray that these kids show their gratitude to you and their earthly father daily, Lord. All this we ask in your name. Amen. All right, guys, let's go line up back there.
I'm not, you guys know how I stand on Scripture. And you know that I don't believe in changing Scripture to make it say what you want it to say. But speaking as of one who actually has a quiver full of children, I am so glad that God told David to write, happy is the man who has a quiver full, because that reminds me that it does not say, poor is the man that has a quiver full. Because having six children, that puts a strain on the wallet, especially when they start getting older and they go from wanting a a matchbox car to a real car. Or their clothes go from a 4T to the same size as you wear, and, or not me, but, you know, <laughs> thankfully none of my kids took after me as far as that goes, even though Timothy's going to be a giant and he goes through clothes quicker than anything. If you remember Mother's Day, I preached a sermon telling mothers that it's okay not to be perfect. That God uses imperfect people. Fathers, I'm going to preach a sermon today about how to be a godly example. We are not perfect. I wish I could sit up here and tell you that I am the perfect father, that I understand and I do everything, but that's not the truth. In fact, Wednesday night, I lost my temper with, with, with my son Timothy because he spilled a drink all over my desk. And I swear, I don't understand how he did it. I do not understand how you spill something on top of something and it gets all up underneath it. I don't understand that. But I am not perfect. And I hate to break it to you, None of you sitting in this room is perfect. And here is another thing. None of your fathers were perfect either. Chad said it, there is only one perfect father, and that is Almighty God. He is the perfect father. But I do want to give you three keys to be a godly example. That's all we can do as fathers is be the example to our children of a kind and merciful and loving and, yes, a wrathful God. We are the examples here on earth of that. So if you would turn to Micah chapter 6, that's in the Old Testament. Micah chapter 6, we're going to look at one verse. And it's going to be on your screen as well as there online. If you would stand as I read this verse, Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, bless the reading of your words. Thank you for these words that you gave to Micah to share with the people of Israel. May we receive your message through it today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. And they are simple things. This is not a big theological discovery. These are three simple keys. See, three simple things that he wants from us. The first... To do justice. Now, let me under, make you understand. In today's society, you talk about justice. You talk, people think 
that is getting even with somebody that's done something to them. Or they look at it as a negative thing, that justice is something to be feared. But what it means is actually act in a just, fair way toward others. Treat them the way you want to be treated. That's what it says. Matthew seven twelve. Jesus says this, and everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophet. You remember when the, 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 the religious people tried to trick Jesus and, and they asked him, what's the greatest commandment of all? And he says, well, there's actually two. The first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, body, and mind or strength. Basically, love God with everything that you've got. And in every way possible, love God. That's the first commandment. And he said, the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, all the law and the prophet hangs on these two. Everything in the Old Testament, everything that God shared with you and all the commandments that he gave you, they come up and they can be surmounted in these two. Love the Lord your God first. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, when you act justly, you do just that. How many of us want others to treat us in a certain way, but we think that we can do or say anything we want to them? But when they do, they turn the thing and we get exactly what we give out. We don't like it. I'm going to tell you. Yes, I have a temper. Yes, I, I fuss at home. And there have been times that I have lost my cool with people in the church. And I have said things that I should not have said to you in a way I should not have said it. And I've had to come back and apologize for that. But I cannot stand it when I get treated that way. But I do it. We all do. So how do we set a godly example we do justly. Can we do it on our own? No, we can't. Because when we try, our human nature takes over and we start acting in a way that is contrary to what God wants from us. So the best thing that we can do is actually trust in the Holy Spirit to work in us and change that and to come through us. The third thing, or the second thing, is to love kindness. The King James Version says love mercy. But love kindness. Don't just show mercy or kindness, but love to show it. Give others the same measure of mercy you want to receive from me, is what God is saying. You see, in Matthew 5, 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. This is one of those things, you know, we always talk about nowadays. You hear uh, kids, uh, well, I've had my own children say, you don't respect me. Well, I hate to break it to you, but it, there is nowhere in Scripture that it tells parents to respect their children. It's not there. Especially with the way it's meaning today. What people th seem to think is that when you respect somebody, you say that everything that they do is okay. That anything goes and it's their right and you have to respect them to let them do what they want to do and accept what they want to do. But I am sorry, according to Scripture, there are some things that are just wrong, no matter how you slice it. And there, as a parent, there are some times that your children want to do something that's wrong. I've shared the story about how I had to give Timothy a whipping because he continually ran out into the road. At that moment, I loved him a lot more than I respected him. 
Because I loved him so much that I gave him a spanking because that little bit of pain saved him from a lot of pain of, from getting hit by a car. That's not what it's talking about. When we show mercy, when we forgive, it's not easy. When someone you love does something that hurts you, That is a deep hurt. When somebody that you think has your back and they stab you in the back, that is a deep hurt. But mercy gets past that. Mercy is what says, I will take your punishment for you. Mercy says that everybody makes mistakes. That doesn't mean that you keep making mistakes. But mercy says, I'm going to stick with you and show you a better way. In fact, Paul even deals with this. He talks about mercy and grace and, and how we are covered in grace by mercy because we sin, because of our sin. But he says, but living a sinful life. See, there was this thing, and, and we hear it even nowadays. People say, I have freedom in Christ. I can do whatever I want because I'm covered by grace. With the idea, if I can live any way I want to live, and God will forgive me. Because of the mercy and grace of the cross. That's no different than what Paul was dealing with. And Paul wrote... In his letter, he said, what shall we do then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Basically, do we keep living a sinful life so that we get more grace? And he finishes that by saying, God forbid. He says, no, that's not the way it works. Dads and everybody else that are listening. <laughs> we make mistakes and we know we make mistakes. We want to be shown mercy when we make those mistakes. We want to be forgiven when we make those mistakes. We need to show that same mercy and grace to our children, to our spouses, to those that we work with. And, it's, and this verse is not just about showing the mercy. It's that we love to show mercy. Because we have been given so much mercy. We do not deserve the love that we receive from God. We do not deserve the love and grace that we receive from Jesus Christ. But we get it anyway. And then the third key. And probably... The key to all of this. How do we do justice? How do we love kindness? This third key is the, the, the cornerstone of it all. Walk humbly with your God. God is saying, remember who I am. Your God, if you keep me, keep that in mind, you will walk hum humbly before me. See, James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Jesus says in his sermon on the mount is blessed are the meek. Shall they for they shall inherit. The world. One thing that we have to understand is that humbleness or meekness, it's not weakness. And that's a synonym that has developed over time and people misunderstand what it means to be humble. It does not mean weak. 
Walking humbly before your God or with your God means that you understand that He is the one in control. That He is the one that can guide and direct. The picture I want to give you, fathers, remember when your child first began to walk. And remember when you would be walking and that little hand would reach up and grab hold of your finger because it couldn't reach around your whole hand. And they just held on to one of your fingers. And, and they may not even be able to walk on their own. But they would sit there and they'd be holding on to your hand. And they would hold on to that finger and they would walk with you. And you would look down at them and they would look up at you. They didn't understand the fact that they were able to do this because they were holding on to you. We are the same way. We have to walk along and we have to grab a hold of the hand of God. And the only way that we can get through day to day, the only way that we can do everything that we're able to do is because of holding on to God. That is humbly walking with your God. Realizing that everything that we have, everything that we do is because of Him. He is the one that gave us our children. He is the one that gave us salvation. He is the one who gives us the very breath in our lungs, the blood in our veins. It is all because of Him. Without him, we don't even exist. That is walking humbly before God. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Walk humbly. This is not something that can be taught. It's not something that can be faked. You see, Charles Spurgeon says this. There's a quote, and this is what it says. It says, I would not advise any of you to try to be humble. Don't try it. But to be humble. Don't try to be humble, just be humble. As to acting humbly when a man forces himself to do it, that is poor stuff. When a man talks a great deal about his humility, when he is very humble to everybody, he is generally a canting hypocrite. Humility must be in the heart, and then it will come out spontaneously as the outflow of life in every act that a man performs. Humility must be in the heart. Those of you that are old enough, I'm sure you've seen this. The Andy Griffith episode when um, they come and tell Bar Barney and Andy that the, the fake FBI agent comes in and says they're being recognized for the lowest crime rate in the state. So Bar everybody's all excited. They want to give them a medal. So Barney starts talking with the jeweler about the medal that he wants to receive. And he keeps talking about how humble he is. And he wants something in pure gold. Nothing gaudy. He just wants pure gold. And, and, and he wants it to be humble. He keeps talking about being humble. But was he really humble? No. That's what Charles Spurgeon is talking about. When somebody keeps talking about how humble they are, they really aren't humble. But a humble man setting the example of being humble, it comes from the heart and it permeates everything about them. It allows them to love ju or do justice. It allows them to love kindness. And they are able to walk with God like they've never walked before because they are humble 
before an almighty God. Humility cannot be taught. It has to be learned, but I can't teach you how to be humble. Humility comes from a change of heart. And the only one that can change your heart is Jesus Christ. These keys, we cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot be a godly example on our own because we will fail miserably. We can only do it through acceptance of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit in us to work in us and change us from the inside out. Today we honor fathers. And it is a, it is a, a different day. It's not like Mother's Day. Because dads are not like mothers. In many cases, they may have to fill that role. Just as some mothers have to fill the role of father. But we are wired differently. There are certain things that we can't do. There are certain things that we cannot fake. But I'm going to tell you this. We, dads, are the ones that set the example. Moms can control the attitude in the house. They keep things on the even keel. But dads have an impact on our children and our homes that moms We have to realize this and we have to accept the fact that God has chosen us as imperfect men to be the fathers and the leaders in our homes. We have to understand that God knew what he was doing from the very beginning because you remember he said when he created Adam he looked and said it's not good for Adam to be alone. So he took a rib and created, the Bible says, a helpmeet or helpmate for him. Someone to go through life with him, alongside of him. We don't have all the answers. We don't have everything it takes that God does. And if we can trust in Jesus Christ and allow him to move in us and work in us and let our children see us struggling, let them see us walking and seeking God, then we will be the examples of what it means to do justly, to love kindness, and walk humbly with our God. We may not get everything correct. We may make mistakes left and right. But if we can do those three things, as Bruce shared Thursday night when I was trying to figure out all these thoughts that were in my head, and I looked up on my wall and I saw this on my wall, I'm like, that's the sermon. And I said, what, would we, what kind of dads would we be if we were able to do these three things? And he said, 
I think if we can get these three things down, we would be pretty good things. Men, we serve a perfect God. And it's only through Him that we can be the godly example that we need to be. As we come into our time of limitation, if God is dealing with you on anything, if you need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't leave without taking care of that. If he's leading you to get baptized, if you accept Christ as your Savior, you need to be baptized. Listen, our baptistry is empty again, but we will fill it up. We have no problem with that. We will make it time for you to get baptized. If you want to join this church and become part of this, this congregation, if you need to go to somebody and talk to them, ask for forgiveness and show mercy, this is your opportunity to do whatever God is asking you to do. Do it right now. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 571, 571, let others see Jesus in you. this time today that we're concluding the service Lord we just ask that you would just use us as we go out them doors today Lord and this week to spread the gospel use this message Lord that you, that already has brought before us about being fathers that we would truly use the wisdom that you give us for not only our children the people we meet bring us back to the next point of the hour keep us all safe in Jesus Christ's name I pray amen <laughs>